0: This episode is marked for sensitive content. Please check content warnings before listening. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. He
1: became my best friend. I felt like he knew me in a way my other friends or even my family didn't know. It kind of led to my downfall. After the breakup, I just wanted to get like a normal flu shot and I filled out the abuse survey and what shocked me was I answered yes to every single one of those abuse questions which was shocking to me.
0: One of the most dangerous things about being in a relationship for the first time is it can be really hard to recognize what is not healthy behavior. It's easy to explain away certain things that your partner does especially if the abuse is not physical hey it's abby and this is going to be a much more serious episode of the breakup breakdown as i mentioned in the very beginning of this episode there's a ton of sensitive content in this interview so please 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 check content warnings before you choose to listen Hey heartbreakers! Welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. If you feel like this episode sounds a bit familiar, this is a replay episode from October of last year. This was the first episode we used to kick off Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is, you guessed it, October. And it made such an impact on so many of you, based off of the DMs that I got and the submissions that came after that. I thought, you know, I have a couple of episodes that I think might fit for kicking off Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but I got so many messages about this episode in particular that I. Thought you know what I think with all the new listeners that I've had and have gotten over the last year or so, I just think it's a great idea to choose this week as a replay episode and play something that I know is a really great re-listen. Or if you haven't listened to it, it's a really impactful conversation to hear it for the first time. So if you listen to this and you're a little confused, like what is this? this? This it's because this is a replay episode and that's why. But I will shut up. I will give you a tease for next week's episode since this is a replay. Next week's episode comes from a TikTok where somebody tagged me in the comments and it was a video about a girl who found her boyfriend's wedding website. Obviously she ends up finding out and telling the fiance and you know all that goes down but apparently the wedding is this month so we'll also find out if the wedding even went through. So next week should be a really good episode. Sorry to make you wait for another week for that but I know it's going to be worth it. Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. And thank you so much for tuning in to what I feel like is gonna be an extremely important episode. I mentioned at the end of last week's episode that this was gonna be a little bit of a heavier episode. And when I say a little bit heavier, I mean like a lot heavier. As you know, this season we've really put a focus on supporting domestic violence shelters throughout the country. And October is actually domestic violence awareness month. So it's only fitting that we kick off this month with a story that I think is really gonna be extremely impactful to anybody that chooses to listen to it. I know we like to keep things really really lighthearted and fun on this podcast, but one of the coolest things that's come out of doing this from this side of producing it is getting a DM from someone and having them say, wow, thank you so much for putting out that episode. Can you please tell a person that came on, thank you for sharing their story. It made me feel so much less alone, or actually that sounds a lot like the relationship that I'm in. And we get to have a conversation about that. And so this episode really is to further the conversation about maybe an overlooked way that domestic violence plays out in people's lives. A huge, huge chunk of my audience is college age, women and this story is going to center around a girl's college relationship and something that really stood out to me in our original screening interview and you'll hear it later in this episode as well she's like I didn't realize that I was in an abusive relationship it wasn't until somebody pointed out tangible examples of what was going on in her life that she knew she needed to get out and that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited to put this episode out is because I'm really hoping somebody will listen to it or somebody will get sent this episode and it'll really give them the courage to step out of that abusive relationship so to kind of talk about the submission and give you context text for this relationship. It was very much classic me just scrolling through my submissions. I got the contact information of this girl and the submission was pretty just cut and dry. Like, hey, there's this girl. She was with this guy for two years. They broke up. Always thought they were kind of an odd couple. So can you figure out what happened here? And so I get on this screening interview and we start talking about their relationship. And then all of a sudden it takes a hard turn into a much more serious conversation. And it was interesting to me because I had read the submission and I was like, I didn't necessarily expect this to go the way that it did. I didn't expect this to be a conversation About domestic violence. And it got me thinking, how many people do we follow or know in our own lives where we're just like, yep, it's that girl and that guy, kind of an odd couple, they're in a relationship. And we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. If you listen to this episode and her situation sounds like something you or somebody you know is going through, or if it even just helps you pinpoint dangerous situations that you've been in your life, or again, somebody else's life, I'm linking resources in this episode description so you or somebody you love can get the help that they need. As you can tell, this is gonna be a pretty triggering episode. And at times, I'll be honest, it's It's really challenging to listen to. Not because the interviewee did a bad job. I know you're listening to this. Hey girl, you did a great job. It's hard because it's extremely raw. It might be the most raw episode I've ever put out. And so it's my hope that this act of vulnerability will help somebody. And that's why we're gonna break down this week's break. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the tent between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye, contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I feel like there's two types of people in the world. The people that get super excited when the temps hit the 80s and the people who are like, holy crap, it's bathing suit weather and I do not feel my best. The warmer it is, the more dialed in I feel like I need to be with my nutrition, but I gotta be honest with you, I hate cooking. Do I cook for myself and feel great or do I get takeout and eat a bunch of crap that's just honestly expensive and not that great for you? That's why I really enjoyed trying out Factor. Factor is a meal service that requires no prep. All you gotta do is heat them up in the microwave for like two minutes and they're chef-crafted, so they're actually designed to meet your nutrition goals, whether you're trying to watch your calories, get more protein in, or follow a keto diet. There are 35 different meals and 60 add-ons to choose from with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and even desserts. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code BREAKUP50 at factormeals.com slash BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
1: My ex and I met through like mutual friends our second semester of freshman year in college. We lived in the same building one floor apart so it was kind of weird we never crossed paths that first semester but it kind of seemed like fate we didn't cross paths because he had a long-distance girlfriend that first semester anyways. Really sad story for her. He ended up cheating on her with another girl. She comes up a lot in this story so I'm just going to give her like a fake name, Tina. So cheated on his last girlfriend with Tina and then he eventually broke up with the girlfriend before I met him. Second semester rolls around, he was single, I was single, we were in a introduced through mutual friends and then we just started out as friends with benefits I wasn't looking for anything serious and he just left a relationship so that's kind of how it started so
0: it just started off as this casual relationship just two hot young college kids <laughs> on the scene and then I'm assuming it developed into more yeah so we like hung out all the time I'm gonna be
1: honest and this is anonymous so you can't come after me for this but I was not that physically attracted to him initially refused to like kiss him when we hooked up I don't know why it's so embarrassing what? to me. <laughs> (laughs) I just wasn't attracted to him. And of course, I never told him, not even when we were dating. And he would ask me, like, why don't you kiss me? And I was like, oh, you know, I had bad experiences and I prefer not to, which is true. I wasn't lying to him. We mostly hooked up when I was like drunk, high or both, you know, college. (laughs) What made me really fall for him was he was caring towards me. He's not known to be caring or nice to anyone. So, you know, made me feel special. Knowing he only smiled or laughed when he was with me. Because of this tenderness for me, he made me feel kind of safe and secure, which I never felt before. And then I
0: was, you know, finally comfortable enough to kiss him <laughs> when we would have sex. <laughs> it was seven drinks in. He was really nice to me. I was feeling the vibe. Yeah. But then
1: like, because that tenderness, he would ask me like, how does this feel? Like, are you okay? Like, I don't know. That's obviously the bare minimum. You know, <laughs> looking back, a guy should be like, are you comfortable with this? Are you okay? Yeah. You know, instead of just having sex. I don't know. I never been cared for in that way. I guess at the time I was just too young and naive. And I was like, oh my God, he's making me feel so cared for. We, I knew... I was out of his league. Like he became my best friend fairly quickly. I felt like he knew me in a way my other friends or even my family didn't know. But because I was allowing myself to be that vulnerable, it kind of led to my downfall.
0: It led to your downfall. What does that mean? There was a lot of red flags and I was just like, you know,
1: it's fine. You're just thinking I'm never going to find someone like this. No one will know me as well as he does like that type of thing. Because I've always kept my guard up. But with him, I didn't. So I felt like if I kind of noticed it earlier on and I didn't, I guess, ignore it, you know, I wouldn't be here to day so what were some of these red flags that were starting to show themselves in your relationship well I could think back to the first red flag was the day he asked me to be his girlfriend <laughs> whole story behind that lots of drama after freshman year we kind of stayed in contact as friends throughout the summer we talked we FaceTime every day as friends would do obviously we talk about our hookups and dates because I'm like this is my best guy friend like whatever so he would start to tell me I felt like he tried to one-up me almost and he was like yeah well I hooked up with my other ex-girlfriend and I also hooked up with Tina the girl that you you know, he cheated on his last girlfriend and I was like oh very interesting Tina also went to the same school as us I didn't think much of it because we're both single but looking back it kind of felt like a form of control almost like starting to such Amy like oh you're going on these dates with you guys are you hooking up with them are you being a whore like that type of vibe and I was like
0: I didn't catch on to it because I was like oh yeah whatever he would call you a whore yeah that was after we dated oh <laughs> and I still stayed which yeah, was kind of God. bad until, he waited until after you guys were broken up to call yeah you when up. he was more comfortable enough to tell me that the first red flag is him just being awful with the language he's using with you and also starting to express forms of control. I'm assuming this cycle of just red flags and mistreatment just continued throughout the relationship. What was that breaking point for you where you're like, "Mm, I'm out? The first and only
1: physical abuse situation happened, which I'm glad, like, you know, it was only once, but still, it kind of set the tone for the entire relationship. I think it was six months into our two-year relationship. We were arguing about what I wore to a friend's birthday and he was accusing me of cheating on him because one guy I kissed once before we even met was there. And mind you, he hangs out with Tina all the time. Like I'm cool with it. Even though she doesn't acknowledge me, like whatever. I'm just like, you know what? I'll, I trust you. But for him to do that to me, like it was ridiculous. Well, I cried the entire birthday party because he kept texting me horrible things and how it will always be a whore. And then he started to say really racist things to my friends who were trying to help and de-escalate the situation. He called me multiple times, but then my friends were like, you know what? You should just enjoy the night. I know you're crying. your are out because he's saying these horrible things and like we know you love him all this stuff they just took my phone away they like hid it <laughs> and I was like all right those are some good friends yeah so he was mad that they hid my phone he couldn't contact me so yeah that was a whole thing and then a few weeks later we argued about the whole situation again and I felt like he was getting really angry to the point where he could be physically violent I tried to leave his dorm room but he grabbed my backpack like the only thing I had on me to defend myself he threw out the hallway he locked the door and I was just like oh fuck like I, we're like arguing I'm not even like arguing with him anymore and he's just yelling. The last thing I remember is I was huddled in a corner. I was on the floor like crying and he picked up his like desk chair and he threw it at me. He punched the wall next to my face and like at that point, I was so scared. I kind of just like blacked out. Like I didn't really know what happened next or like how much time has passed. But I guess after a while, he cooled down and he tried to comfort me. But like all I could say was like, don't touch me. Don't come near me. Don't like, please don't hurt me. Like I was just begging him. And then he just carried me onto his bed and I just sobbed until I fell asleep he apologized after when I woke up and said I was angry because you tried to leave without talking to me and because I was trying to leave I made him angry and he said I wouldn't be, have that angry if you were just talking to me and you didn't try to leave and I, I didn't respond because like at the time I was just so shocked that I'm like you know what else am I supposed to do but leave he promised he would never do that again and he didn't want to lose me he never did like anything physically like that again but he hurt me in ways that were not physical like he's very emotionally and verbally abusive, which I think kind of put me down so that I stayed that long after the relationship. Because mind you, this was only like six months into our two-year
0: relationship. I mean, I can just hear it in your voice just how terrifying that moment must have been. I mean, to have the person that you are the most emotionally attached to, the person that you feel like you can trust with everything is doing unspeakable things to you because he, what, got angry? So this is six months into your relationship and that's occurred. What was your thought process after that happened that was keeping you in that relationship? Were you thinking, you know, He said he'll never do that again. So I trust him and I believe him or I love him so much that I want to be able to work through this. What was going through your mind during that time? I think at the time, he had already kind of distanced me from my friends. He would
1: say stuff like, you know, your friends are so dumb. You deserve better friends because you're in engineering and you know, your friends are like dumb. They're not that type of person for you. They're all whores. Like you're not a whore, right? Why would you hang out with them? Like that type of stuff. And he said it so much that I started to believe it. And I was like, maybe I don't want to be associated with them. Just like when you argue about it, so much for months on end, you just kind of give up and like after that physical incident, I just kind of felt like you know, maybe I shouldn't anger him Mm -hmm. to that point anymore. Like I was kind of like on eggshells like subconsciously and from the distancing from my friends and also my family, I just felt like he was the only person that understood me. Maybe it was some type of trauma bond, I'm not really sure but I was either I, I still don't know, like I still believe that I loved him but maybe it was out of fear of leaving or maybe it was because I felt like so isolated I had no one to leave to.
0: You're like, okay, well, if I can not anger him, maybe everything will be okay, and I can still protect this relationship that I want to stay in. And then also like the fear of having to be alone. I can't even imagine having to choose a relationship that was so toxic and abusive. Where did things progress from there? Because you said you stayed in this relationship for two years. At the end of that two years, what was the final straw for you? Well, we had
1: a lot of arguments and stuff like that, and it really didn't help junior year when we lived together during COVID. I think subconsciously I never healed from what happened happened and I always pushed myself into like my schoolwork, my job I was applying for a bunch of internships scholarships like I was doing anything to avoid dealing with what happened because I didn't know how to deal with it you know I got to a point where like I didn't even want to have sex with him even though we lived in the same apartment I just blamed it on being busy so it was like a whole thing and I think because I didn't like our sex life wasn't that great it kind of dug up his insecurities again and he would like guilt trip me into having sex with him and it honestly felt like a chore I think he felt it too and like it hurt him the emotional on verbal abuse continued and like it was just never enough and I felt like completely drained and after that year when he moved back home I had a mental breakdown a few weeks later and like I said I felt like he was the only one I could confide in. He got annoyed at me for calling after he moved out and he said you know this is the reason why I moved out so fast. Just figure your shit out and hung up. So I just felt like looking back I was like maybe he used me for that apartment and then after that lease was up or whatever he couldn't use me anymore so I guess that's why he was just like you know maybe we should break up. So he initially had the breakup at the end of those yes. two years.
0: For the times where he did try to break up with you, I'm assuming you're saying tried to break up with you because you wanted to stay in that relationship. What were the reasons you wanted to stay with him? Was it just you clinging on to the best parts of that relationship or just the security of having a partner? I think it was just time invested. I
1: did so much for him. He did so much for me and I felt like how could he just throw it away? You know what I mean? I think it was just trauma bonded to him to the point where like I'm already distanced from my friends. I haven't talked to them closely like that or gotten to know like like the friends I made freshman year, like I just dropped all of them. My family, I wasn't that close with to begin with, and then with him, I started actually getting closer to my family. But at the same time, because I sold like his character to my parents so much, like it was a big deal for someone to meet my parents. I just couldn't let it go because I felt like maybe embarrassed or ashamed if like they found out, you know, I went through this. If they found out like he was doing all this stuff, I don't know what it was or like how I sold him to my parents for them to like him. But after the breakup, like it felt like I up with him not the other way around because he continued to come over and try to talk to me even though he had someone new but at that point i was just so done especially after having to tell him that i might be pregnant having the pregnancy scare so you had a pregnancy scare after the relationship came to an end yeah it was during and i was just too scared to tell him because i didn't know how he would react maybe like he would get violent again like i just didn't know and when- it did happen. I was like, okay, well now I probably have to tell him. When I told him, his first reaction was like, well, that's very inconvenient. And I was like, yep, because of what he put me through and the harassment and stalking from the breakup, I was losing like 15 pounds a week. I was drinking a lot. So I think I just kind of ignored those pregnancy signs. And then my period finally came. I was just like, okay, I have to see a gyno after this. I went to the gyno and they were like, well, what were your pregnancy tests? And I was like, oh, I got two negative. And then I got one positive. I thought that was just a mistake. And they were like, oh, well, were you drinking a lot? Like, were you losing weight? And I was like, yeah, I was losing a lot of weight at the time. I guess I was drinking a lot. And they were like, oh, you might have miscarried. And that really put me on a spiral. I didn't know how to deal with it because I thought like, you know, I already got rid of him. I have nothing to do with him. I blocked him on everything. He didn't even care when I told him that I might be pregnant and the way he reacted.
0: It must have been traumatizing. And yeah. then to have him say that it's an inconvenience when it's literally this experience that you've had to yeah. through. Yeah, that's when I got the school involved because he started emailing with the university email.
1: Apparently, I didn't know this. You can't block other students, you know, the university email. And so he kept emailing me and like saying, like, I want to talk to you. What happened? Also, I had to call IT involved. And I was like, hey, can you block this person? This is what's been going on. Obviously, they read through the messages and they were like, maybe you should talk to the sexual assault advocacy line and get a therapist from there, which I did. And like she was very helpful because after he was blocked, the email, he started following me after class, and then that's when I got the professor involved in that class. And at the time, like, I stopped going to the gym, I stopped being on campus, and I had to change my gym schedule. I was scared he was going to go to my apartment, so I had to change like the number, like the dial in number. But yeah, and then I would see him at the bar, and one time he followed me to the bathroom, like it was like a whole thing, and it was just months of that on end. And recently, like, he would get fake phone numbers to call me, like spam numbers, and just call me non stop. Then I want to say two, three. weeks ago yeah three weeks ago when we last talked his mom called me and left a voicemail after me and you talked she called that was very scary as soon as like I showed you that spam call that was ringing at the end of our interview right and then the next phone number was his mom's which I didn't have saved so I was like what is this number from the state doing I was like very odd that he's revealing his actual phone number or like a phone number from his state because usually when he does fake calls it's like from random places in the US
0: he knew we were talking
1: I know it's so scary I didn't pick up when I tell you my heart skipped a beat like I was frozen I was so scared. I didn't pick up. And then a voicemail from that number was calling. I didn't recognize her voice at first, but she said her name. She's like, hi, this is so-and-so. I hope you're doing well after graduation. And she was like, you know, call me back. I want to ask you something. She didn't say, I want to talk to you. She didn't say like, I hope you're doing well. Call me back. I want updates. She said specifically, I want to ask you something. Wait, that's
0: so ominous. I know. I was like, I'm not going to call back. I'm scared. (laughs) Like, Yeah, no, I would never advocate for you getting back in contact with them, but I am left on a cliffhanger. I will say that. Yeah. I know my friends were like, call like one of my younger guys, she said, come back. I want to know what happens. I was like, at
1: what cost? At what cost? My life? Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. At what cost? I want to talk a little bit about you getting in contact with the sexual assault advisor or sexual assault counselor. Will you talk to me a little bit about what those conversations with the counselor were like? What kind of questions were they asking you? Is that when you identified the fact that this was a really abusive relationship? You know, I should have sought
1: out therapy, but how I was raised, like I was raised by immigrant parents. They went through war. They're like, school's not that hard you're fine if we went through war you're good just mental health was not like a big conversation in my family so I just kind of pushed through it a few things was referred to her both by the IT department at my university and the nurse at my university uh, after the breakup I just went to get like a normal flu shot and I filled out the abuse survey and what shocked me was I answered yes to every single one of those abuse questions and I had three to five examples for each one which was shocking to me because I've never thought of myself as a victim especially being like a first gen I'm eldest daughter I take care of everyone I'm responsible everything like I see myself as very strong so I would never suspect myself to be a victim and so it was really hard to take in and when I went to get that flu shot she the doctor was like are you okay and I was like no I kind of just try to be my happy-go-lucky self and make a joke when she asked are you fearful for your life like do you think he's going to come after you and kill you is what she asked and I was like oh that's funny you mentioned that I had a nightmare a few days ago that's reoccurring now that he comes and kills me and I was like oh haha like it's just a dream and she was like honey, it's not funny. When she said that, it just took like my coping mechanism of humor down. And I just sobbed in her office and she was like, okay, you should probably contact the sexual assault advocacy team. So it was both IT department telling me and the nurse from my flu shot telling me to contact them. And when I finally contact them and explained, they set me up with my therapist.
0: So you wouldn't have classified his behavior as abuse before that moment. What did you think was happening? Did you think, oh, this is just a really difficult relationship? Yeah,
1: I think it was just a difficult relationship. It was my first serious relationship, so I didn't know what to expect. And I always gave people the benefit of the doubt too much, which might be my flaw. I just explained away his behavior. Like I would just relate it back to myself. He's probably a hothead because of X, Y, and Z, what he went through when he was little, like things like that. When I'm talking to my therapist and like explaining the situation, what made me realize that it was abuse and I was so conditioned to it was when she told me, you know, even when you talk about these situations, you are still defending him and his actions. I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like it just hit me. And I was like, even though I know that it's wrong, I'm still defending him. Like, I've always been doing that against my friends when they would like mention something. I'm like, no, like he's not like
0: that, like stuff like that. I was just so conditioned to it. It's funny that you bring up the defending thing because I just read a book. You probably heard of it that deals with domestic violence. It's called It Ends With Us. Basically, like the entire story is like very similar to some of the things that you went through and like the entire story. She's sort of justifying the things that he did and defending him. If you were talking to somebody who maybe you're hearing their experience in a relationship, relationship and you're like that sounds a lot like domestic violence what kind of advice would you give them to recognize it and then also what advice would you give them to have the courage to actually leave that relationship
1: listen to your gut like if you know it's wrong if you know like for example i saw a lot of red flags but i just gave him the benefit of the doubt i still had that gut feeling deep down this is not right definitely listen to your gut don't push it away because i'm still trying to figure this out myself definitely know that when you leave a relationship you're not alone even though like i felt so isolated i felt like i didn't my friends. I didn't talk to them for the longest time. I'm not close with family, but when I'm telling my story to like my friends or my family, I know that their reaction and the way they care for me. It made me realize that even though I may not be close with them or like all this stuff, they will always have my back no matter what happens. And like, because of it, Blessing in Disguise actually got closer with my friends. I got closer with my family. Just know that you're never alone and that you have resources to seek out, whether it's through a university, whether it's through any type of online help. It's hard to, Leave. people say like oh like you were suffering all this stuff like he did all these things to you. why didn't you just leave every person's story is different just know that it's not the easiest thing to do but when you do like so many good things come into your life the universe <laughs> just rewards you with stuff when you leave like like it sucked for the past four months after when i had to peel myself off the floor coming to the realization that i was abused coming to the realization that like i may not have anyone all this other stuff it was hard when you get over that three four months, five months a year period whatever it takes for you to kind of heal and like know your self-worth and that there is better out there the universe just rewards you with so many things like i got to meet abby go on a podcast like who gets to say that i got my first big girl job i'm finally feeling like okay and That's probably awesome. because i graduated
0: and i'll never have to see him again ain't that the truth unless his mom <laughs> on you one more question i want to ask you is you mentioned the hardest part about leaving was just feeling really isolated and being afraid that you would be alone after you left what did those months after that breakup look like for you were you actually as alone as you thought you would be? No, I thought I would be completely alone. I didn't know who to turn to,
1: whatever. Like, who could I trust? Because he made me distrust my friends, too. Like, saying, like, they don't have your best interests. I do. Like, stuff like that. And turns out, they were very welcoming me back. And like I said, through me, uh, congrats, your single party. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, you would just expect them to not be there, to kind of, like, be mad at you. And they, like, I've talked to them about it. And they would be like, no, we knew that all the stuff that you were doing was not you and that was him behind it all this other stuff and in terms of family they all have said like you know we kind of knew some stuff we didn't knew to extent but like we always had a bad feeling so it's like not your fault and just having you wouldn't think that they would still be there but they always are they probably won't tell you they want you to maybe like that's your own personal relationship they're not gonna interfere with it until you find out yourself but even though it was so isolating or I felt like I was gonna be isolated I had the best times after <laughs> I kind of went feral <laughs> and just went out. <laughs> every weekend like you just come to
0: get to know yourself again and it's just like the greatest feeling i love the way you put that you get to re get to know yourself as an individual rather than somebody who's in a relationship I love yeah because like one
1: thing my friend said that it's always stuck with me they were like you were so happy before what makes you think you won't be happy after him
0: well thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story i think it's so important because i know that there's other young women and um, women of all ages who even men have experienced this may experience this may know somebody who's going to experience this so so I am confident that this is gonna to go to get somebody help and also just make people feel less alone through their experience. I was
1: honestly hesitant of going on here and talking about like my stuff. Like I wish like I heard something like this randomly on TikTok. If this lands on like your For You page, definitely if I was still in that situation, I would want like a sign.
0: The conversation surrounding verbal abuse is gonna continue this Thursday where I get to have a conversation with a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in domestic violence. We had a really great conversation where we got to react to just how raw this episode was. And I also just got to pick her brain about how abuse plays out in relationships and got to ask her questions like, what's the difference between a really heated argument and something that's categorized as abusive? Or if one of my friends is going through a relationship like this, like how do I get them out? It is one of the most impactful conversations we're gonna have this season. So I really hope you tune in to listen. So I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.